This teaching is brought to you by Kingswood International Church, British Columbia. We believe that as you listen, faith is set up in you to become all God has called you to be. Thank you and God bless you. It says, John chapter 1 from verse 6 to 8 says, The Lord our God said to us at Horeb, at Suri, wherever we are, You have stayed long enough at this mountain. This is God giving his own judgment. You know, sometimes you think you are doing well until somebody tells you something else. Or you have a revelation of something else. You know? And sometimes it has to be God that will tell you, look, you can do better than this. And God said to them, you have stayed here long enough. Break up and advance into the hill country of the Amorites. Break up and advance. Break up and advance. That's progress. Go to all the neighboring people, and he mentioned all the places, right? Verse 8. He says, see, I have given you this land. Go in, take possession of the land. The Lord swore he would give to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and to their descendants after them. Remarkable. He said, I'm giving you the land already. See, I am giving you this land. Canada. Anywhere you are. Whatever field you are. Accounting. You're a student. Anything. Say, see, I am giving you this land. Go in and take possession. You know, there are some things that God will never do for us. <laughs> and the way God works... He tells you, I'm giving it to you. But you have to take possession of it. He's not going to do that for you. It's like someone looking for a job and he's always praying. God's not going to do something CV for you. God's not going to put out your CV. Or your brain's going to pass an exam. But you still have to show up at the exam hall. You still have to take that, write that exam. So yes, when it comes to the miraculous, there's the God side and there's the man side. Right? And sometimes we want to focus so much on the God side. But God has done everything in Christ already. So we have to look at, okay, on our part, what do we have to do to receive what he has done for us? And he said here, see, I have given you this land. Go in, take possession of the land I know that he has sworn to their fathers. Just a background of this story. When they left Egypt, the Lord told him to take over this land 40 years backwards. And um, Moses sent 12 guys into the land. You know, we read that last week. And they brought a very interesting report. Let's see the next slide. Next one. Oh, I can put, go back. Just go back. Okay, so Moses sent a report. And one of the reports... So these twelve spies went to the land and brought a negative report. And last week we talked about fear. One of the things that stops people from advancing is fear. These twelve, ten out of the twelve guys came back with a report that the land was so good, but they saw themselves as grasshoppers. They saw themselves as small. The land was good. But the question was, God told them this land is yours. So did God not see the giants in the land before he told them that this land is yours? A lot of people feel that if God tells you to do something, it's easy. No. He has only assured you of victory. He never said it was going to be easy. So many people give up when they find some level of difficulty. When they have to move out of their comfort zone. Praise God. So we talked about that last week. If you're going to make progress, then you have to deal with fear. You just have to deal with it. What what if the negative thing happens? What if the giants take, take us down? What if and that particular 
here kept this guy 40 years on this same spot. You know, <laughs> when people tell me things that I want to do something, or I want to take this course, but I don't think I'll be able to do it, I don't think I have the time, I always say, look, if it's going to take you two years, two years will come and go. It's either you have that degree or you don't have that degree. But that two years is going to be spent. You choose what you're going to do in those two years. So if you're going to sit on your, in your comfort zone and say, because you don't want to stretch yourself, you are still going to spend the two years. You're still going to spend that two years. So spend that two years on something that will advance your life. Spend that two years. Many of us will probably know some of our friends or colleagues that maybe five, ten years ago were all on the same level and we decided to take up a challenge and they refused. Most times, many of them are still where they were. Oh, in our journey, did we have challenges? Oh, yes, we did. Did we fail sometimes? Oh, yes, we did. Did we cry sometimes? Oh, yes, we did. But we are still better than what we should have been if we stayed back five years ago. Or 10 years ago. So God wants us to make progress. So this guy stayed here for 40 whole years. And for that 40 years, all of them that had the bad reports died. Only the two guys that came with the positive report, Caleb and Joshua. But today I want us to see the other side. Apart from dealing with fear that stops them, I itemize the word C, which is vision. Vision. If you're going to make progress, then you have to have vision. You know, two things. You have to deal with fear and you need to have vision. What's your vision? What what do you want? What do you want from life? What do you want from your career, your business? What do you want from a relationship? What do you want? It's so important. You know, people don't know how much their vision has shaped their life. Some people think they don't have a vision, but they really do. The very fact that you say you don't have a vision is that you have a vision. Just that your vision is so small. Give me the next slide now. So I just went to the dictionary to get what a vision means. You know, make the faculty or state of being able to see. Being able to see. You know, you have to see five years from now. You might not have all the answers. Nobody's asking you to have the whole roadmap, right? Perfect planning. I know people write things like vision statements. I'm not against things like that. Or I plan my life is going to be like this. It's good, but you know that it's still subject to a lot of twists and turns. But you must be able to see. Oh, glory to God. Vision. If you're going to make progress, you need to have vision for your life. You need to have vision for your finances. You need to have vision for your children, your marriage, who you're going to marry. Praise God. You know, when young girls want to, you know, my, my former pastorate, when young girls, when they have vision, relationship discussions with young girls. I always ask them, look, if you see yourself as a princess or the daughter of a king, you would know that um, of course, we all know the queen died, right? Praise God. We all know the queen died. And we all saw the royal burial and everything. You know, I called one of my daughters and I showed her <laughs> the nine-year-old boy yes, said, see at nine years this kid's already been trained on how to behave just in case the boy's already been trained just in case he becomes king tomorrow just in case that is vision from the school he will go to to the kind of friends he's going to have to the kind of food, books is going to read. It's always towards that vision. 
of being a king. Of being a king. What vision do you have for your life? Because your life will definitely go in the direction of your vision. It's just a matter of time. I'm not talking about wish. You all have wishes, right? But vision, what kind of life do you want to have? The ability to see, to look into the future and say, hey, this is what I want. This kind of life I want to lead, this kind of life I want to have, this kind of marriage I want to have. So back to what I was saying about young ladies there. I always say, if you see yourself as a princess or daughter of a king, you don't expect the king to give his child to the drunk in the village. I always use the village story as an example, right? You will not... <laughs> I don't go to the real family story again because I don't want to go to the controversies. But you don't expect the king to give his daughter to one guy living under the bridge. It's impossible. It will never happen. It will never happen. How do you see yourself and where are you going? Since the ability to think about or plan the future with imagination or wisdom. These men were stuck there for 40 years because they never saw. Because they are giving in to you, but they never saw it. They, 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 they could not imagine taking over that country. With all the giants in the land, it was never a possibility. They never thought about it. They never thought about it. Imagination is so important. And whether I like it or not, several things are affecting our imagination. Several things. We'll come to that. Number three, an experience of seeing someone or something in a dream or a trance. This is more talking about the spiritual aspect. Right? And I don't want to go too much into that today because I know as Christians we have those experiences. But just even using your mind to determine how your life should go. Give me the next slide now. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 29, verse 18, it says, Where there is no vision, the people perish. But he that keepeth the law, happy is he. You know, people without vision live their lives anyhow. They live their lives anyhow. They hang out with anybody they want. <laughs> they go anywhere they like. They spend their money anyhow. They marry anybody. They do everything just based on impulse and how they feel. The Bible says that <laughs> where there is no vision, the people perish. Destruction is inevitable. Destruction is inevitable. You know, you have to have vision for your life to move forward. No vision, destruction. Since when there is no vision, the people perish. Vision is so powerful that it moves you. If I give the next next scripture. Okay. Says look straight ahead, fix your eyes. On what lies before you. The Amplified says, Proverbs 4.25, Let your eyes look right on with fixed purpose. Let your gaze be straight before you. What's in front of you? What do you put in front of you? Your dreams, your aspirations. What are those things in front of you? And it was kind of reading the book. And the book was talking about big problems and small problems. <laughs> about multinationals. And he was saying that a lot of times people that try to solve so small problems, right? They don't go too far. But people that solve big problems, right? Will eventually, the big problems will eventually solve the small problems. What's in front of you? What are you thinking about? Why, why, why are you taking that decision? We always talk about sacrificing today for tomorrow. You know, paying the price for today. And those things sound like cliche, but it's the truth. 
is the truth. You know, how many of you want for Canada that you have an uneducated person as the prime minister? It's never going to happen. <laughs> it's never going. But we know, it, and as a country, I know that they chose someone like that. <laughs> and the country is in disarray today. If you don't have, you, see, you, you can only make such decisions when you don't have a vision. It's impossible for that to happen in Canada. You, you can't even dream it. It's like, <coughs> it's not even a thought. What's in front of you? Why, what kind of life do you want to live? I know what I want. You know what you want. But based on what you want, is it just for today? Just how you feel? What's going to happen five years from now? That decision you are taking, what's the impact five years from now? What's the impact ten years from now? That person, and there's a whole journey of online, that person you're choosing to marry, what's the impact five years from now? What's the impact ten years from now? You know, I always, sorry, but I use marriage as an example a lot, but it's probably the closest thing home, you know, because everybody is from a family that's going to get to a family soon. You know, I, I, I pastored someone one time, and she told me, she asked her mother one question one time, why did you marry our father? <laughs> what were you thinking about when you married our father? What were you thinking about? That's a very tough question. That's a very tough question. I don't think anybody here who want to have, should make such a mistake. But also with vision. What do you want? What do you want from marriage? What do you want from a relationship? What do you want from a career? Put it in front of you. Every time, of course, I, I don't like to use the word every time you wake up, you're thinking about it. I'll be depressed if you do that. You know? But from time to time, it should be at the back of your mind. If you ask me, right? I can do several things. I've done several things in my life. All kinds of businesses. I've done all kinds of things from small to big. But if you wake me up and ask me, in a sense, what number one thing that I'm important to you is the preaching of God's word. <laughs> I can do that one all my life without being paid. In fact, I've never been paid preaching anyway. So, if you wake me up, that's my biggest dream. Right? And everything else I'm doing, every other job I'm doing is to help that. <laughs> is to help that. But it doesn't have to be the same for you. Yours might be something else. God is calling you to something else. You know, I, I, I don't want to go so much into purpose today because purpose is a different topic on its own. But I want to just stay with vision. But vision will drive your purpose. Give me the next slide. The Bible says a double minded man is what? Unstable. <laughs> He's unstable in all his ways. For <laughs> Amplify says, for being as he is a man of two minds, hesitating, dubious, irresolute. He never takes a decision. You know, I, I know someone like that. You know, and The batteries. No. All right. So I know someone like that, and he's always indecisive. You know why you're always, the person is always indecisive? Dual vision. You are thinking of this today. Oh, tomorrow today I want to be a pilot. No, tomorrow I want to be a dancer. Then the next day you want to be this. Then after that you want to be that. You will never make progress that way. Bible says, let your eyes be single, one, straightforward. It says, he's hesitant, very hesitant, unstable, unreliable, and uncertain about everything he thinks, feels, decides. Listen to me, my friends. Look. Every time you are always, anytime you feel 
indecisive, hesitant. Ask yourself, what's the vision? Your vision will help you make a decision faster and quicker. Your vision will help you make your decisions faster and quicker. Your vision for that thing, what you want to do, will help you make your decisions quicker and faster. Praise God. It's like someone asked me to, um, if I want to be a painter. I don't have interest in it. Not that it's bad. It's just not in my path. It's just not in my path. I won't even think about it. God bless you. Go ahead and do what you want to do, but don't count me in. <laughs> I w- you can't. I can't be have a dual vision about that. It's so important that you have your vision helps your decision making. It helps your investment as well. Where you put your money, how you want to do business. You know, we, my wife and I run a business back home. We have some principles as, as kingdom people. Some things we can't do. Even if unbelievers are doing it and getting away with it. We can't do it. Because of the vision we have. Praise God. Next slide. Habakkuk 2, two says, um, says, write the vision and make it plain on tablets that it may run who reads it? Vision makes you to move. Vision gives you momentum. Give, vision puts springs in your steps. Vision. Vision puts springs in your steps. Vision is so important. If you see someone is not motivated, there's no vision. Anybody you see that is not motivated towards something, the person is not seeing what you're seeing. Right? The person is not seeing what you're seeing. Because once there is vision, there is there's motivation, there is movement, there is this, there is there's there's motion towards it. Say so for the vision is there for an appointed time, but at the end it will speak, it will not lie. Though it tarries, wait for it because it will surely come. It will not tarry. It will not tarry. Vision is an appointed time. But the most important thing I want to bring out here is that vision brings springs to your steps. It brings motivation. It brings momentum. Once you have a vision towards something, you will find out that you will spend money in that direction. Even if it's something that is ungodly. <laughs> Even if it's something that you are not enjoying that you know it's harmful to you, but the vision of the pleasure of that thing will move you. Alright, let's run. Let's see how quick. Next. Okay, let's, let's take this. Let's take this. So we can move faster. Um, let's, let's keep it. It's the same thing. Okay, key principles of vision. Number one, uh, a personal vision is a declaration of your purpose. Right? You see that every time you, you your vision is you think about your vision, purple springs up on your inside. Right? Purple springs up on your inside. Purple springs up on your inside. A vision creates self-discipline. You are disciplined towards that thing. Like someone that wants to uh, lose weight, for example. Right? And you have to go to the gym 5 o'clock. Going to the gym 5 o'clock is a lot of discipline. Especially in winter. <laughs> But that, that vision has created discipline. That vision of losing weight has created that discipline of waking up 5 a.m. to go to the gym. Vision helps, you, helps to set direction. We talked about that. Direction. And vision makes it easy for you to go through roadblocks, tough times. People that give up easily your vision is not strong in your heart. The vision is not strong in your heart. Remember when I was much younger, you know, I was about going to university then, and my father was talking to somebody much older. I was very young then, and he wanted me to go to a different university. But I got to admission into one. 
and you know if back home in that country then to get admission into university was a big deal. There's what we call jam. Some of you might not know what it is. But <laughs> to pass that exam <laughs> was a mountain. And that and then I passed that exam alone. And you asked me to go and write on that one. <laughs> so I don't want to write the exam. I don't to write the exam. You can't tell me not to go to that school. But he told the person something I won't forget. He said, amongst all my children, this my particular son, if he has made up his mind to do something, nobody can stop him. Yeah, I was very like maybe 16 or 17. Because I've, I've always believed that you know, and I wasn't even a Christian at that time. I was not born again. Sorry, the battery's dead. I was not even a Christian at that time. I was not even born again. But I, I knew that if you're going to get anything out of life, then you must put in the effort in spite of what you're going to see, in spite of the roadblocks you're going to experience. So vision makes it easier to get through roadblocks. The next one. How to get a vision. So we're going to wrap up with this. We're going to be very quick with it. First, if you're going to get vision, you have to do it by God's word. I can't overemphasize this. James chapter 1 verse 25 says, But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it, it's not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work. This one will be blessed in what he does. He who looks into the perfect law of liberty. That's God's word. That's God's word. The primary way of getting vision is by looking into God's word. Every time you go through God's word, especially the New Testament, reading what Christ has done for you, you get a vision for your life. You get a vision for your life. You get a vision concerning your health. You get a vision concerning your finances. You get a vision concerning your home. See, every vision that is not aligning with God's word straight away. No matter how it sounds, no matter what, how it looks, every vision that is not in line with God's word. You know, I see some things online now where people say they are polymerous or something, where a lady has like a compound family, a compound complex confused <laughs> CCC family. It's not in line with God's word. That's not how God created it. Right? I'm not judging anybody, but that cannot be my vision. Because it's not in line with God's word. What has God said concerning your finances? It should give you a vision. Christ who was rich became poor. That through his poverty, we might become rich. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. That's a vision for my finances. What has he said about your health? What has he said about your children? What has he said about everything else, your career? You can get a vision from God's word. Every time you go to God's word, it paints a picture for you. So number one is, is God's word. Living the believe Bible says, if anyone keeps looking steadily in God's law, sorry, in God's law for free for free men, he will not only remember it, but he will do what it says. And God will greatly bless him in everything he does. Praise God. Look steadily. You want to have a great vision for your life? Go into God's word. Give me the next slide. Romans chapter 12. I like this one. It says, do not be conformed to this world, this age, fashioned after and adapted to its external superficial customs. Many people get visions from their... Oh, that's even my second point. <laughs> but... Your family background already gave you a vision, whether I like it or not. Your experiences in life have given you a vision, whether I like it or not. 
your challenges, your heartbreaks, your failures. You know, I've invested some money in some businesses and, if you call, and I've lost money. If you call me tomorrow about those businesses, I don't even want to hear. <laughs> I don't even want to hear about those businesses. Because I have a vision for them now. <laughs> right? Vision. But the Bible says, do not be conformed to this world. The world is giving us Look, the world is trying to paint a vision for our lives. And if you are not careful, using God's word to renew your mind, you will find that you are telling your vision towards the world's vision. So get your vision from God's word. So be transformed, changed by the entire renewal of your mind, by its new ideas and its new attitude. God's word gives you new ideas. God's word. You know, before I got born again, I'm going to share this sad and good story. When I was a non-believer, you know, as a non-believer, I did several funny things. Very, very unholy. <coughs> very unholy things. Very, very unholy. That I'm not proud to, <laughs> to mention. But, I also knew people that were doing those same unholy things. So it gave me a perception about women. That women could not be trusted. This is what I'm saying this in Canada. I know this story. That women could not be trusted. They couldn't trust. Because I, I lived in an area where I saw young girls date married men. You know, and I said, this is how it is. And one day, I was listening to you must be careful to what you listen to. You know these love stories on radio in the middle of the night, you know. And a lady called and she said she's been married for thirteen years. I'm cutting the story short. And for eleven years she'll be cheating on her husband. I was barely eighteen or nineteen. And it marked my mind. I will never forget. So I always say that you can't trust any women. Any woman, sorry. You can't. I said, those people I trust, my mother <laughs> and my sister. But when I got born again, I knew this was not true. But that vision still held me bound. You see, because you are born again, if you don't renew your mind with God's word, you'll find out that you are still acting the old way. But you are now in Christ. So from my first year in the university, I refused to talk to any lady. <laughs> I'm telling you. No, my first yeah, my first year, first second year in university, I refused to talk to anybody. Any, I, I felt no. You can't tr- trust these creatures. <laughs> That's what I used to say. But I got born again. But that mindset still held me bound. And I knew it was wrong. So one day, I went to pray. I wasn't praying for maybe a wife. I went to pray. I said, God. This, this thought is demonic. I have to deal with this thought. This is not God's word. And I prayed. In fact, I prayed and I cried. <laughs> I wasn't crying because I lost it. I was crying because I knew if I went into life with that mindset, I was going to have a destructive life. And I prayed and I got healed that day. And voila, this is my story. <laughs> I'm here today, married 10 years. No issues. But imagine I went to my mind with that kind of mindset. I think that's what my wife could trick me for one year without <laughs> without me to understand the birthday for me. Because I don't I don't suspect anything. I, I'm I'm too I'm too carefree. So it's so important your mindset. Give me the next slide, let me hurry. Number two, association. Association gives you vision, no, let me tell you. Proverbs 13, 13 20 says. He who walks with the wise will be wise. But the companion of fools will be destroyed. Easy to read version says, be friends with those who are wise and you become wise. Choose fools. <laughs> Choose fools to be your friends and you have trouble. Who are your friends? You know, people that are not careful with their friends are not careful with their life. I'll say it again. If you're not careful with the kind of friends you have, you're really not careful about your life is not important to you. 
Your vision is very important to you. Because your association is giving you pictures. You know, someone that wanted to get married, that I knew a man. You know, preachers, we use our life as stories. <laughs> so I knew a man that told me that, you know, when you get married, first of all, he thought I was too young to get married. That was number one. The second, he said, your wife has to be afraid of you. You know, when I hear something that's not God's word, there's a red light on my side. I said, no, <laughs> it's not God's word. Why should my wife be afraid of me? The Bible says, perfect love casted out all fear. My wife cannot be afraid of me. So from that day, now this was someone that was cheating on his wife and doing all of that, beating his wife. I made up my mind that day that there has to be an end to this friendship. He was, was eight years older than me now at that time. Today he's divorced. <laughs> so <laughs> he's divorced. Who has a better story of marriage now? He's divorced somewhere, not doing too well. But if I didn't make that deliberate attempt, maybe, God forbid, well, it can't happen to me. By God's grace, choose your friends wisely. Choose your friends wisely. Choose, be deliberate. When I mean choose your friends, I'm not just talking about, okay, happy friends. Even when it comes to career, right? Look for people that are ahead of you, that you can talk to. Right? Look for someone that knows something that you don't know, and they can share that with you. You can have relationships based on interests. Right? We can have interest on something. It doesn't mean you have to come to my house. It doesn't mean you have to trespass into my family. Let's say we walk. <laughs> I grew my career. You met up me in my career. It ends there. But you have to be deliberate about your relationships. And last one. Uh, so, no, let's, let's skip this. For some time. Number three, prayer. Prayer is so important. And I, and I emphasize praying in tongues. Because it's so important. But Jeremiah 33 verse 3 says, Call to me and I'll answer you and show you great and mighty things which you do not know. One of the things prayer does for you that you see visions. You see pictures. When you pray, God paints pictures. Right? I always have a deja vu experience. Or what do I mean? I've seen something and five years from that time, <coughs> You know, have, have you ever been to somewhere and you know you've been there before? You've been there before through prayer. You know, when you were praying, you saw yourself having that house. You saw yourself in that office. You saw yourself doing that thing. Prayer transports you. It, it, it gives your, your, your spirit that vision of what God really has in store for you. So prayer is one way to get vision. And it says in John chapter 2 verse 28, it says, I shall call, I shall come to pass afterwards, and I will pour my spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. God wants to grant us visions of tomorrow. Oh no, lots of visions. Visions about your finances. You know, there was a time I wanted to buy a car some years back. And I wanted a car much lower than that. And the guy that wanted to sell the car to me wanted me to buy something bigger than that. And I said, no, I want something lower than that. I said, no, something bigger than that. And when he was shipping the car, he shipped the car that he felt <coughs> that I needed. Not the one that I asked him that was cheaper. And I, and I spoke to God. I said, God, this is out of my budget. And you know, that discussion I had with God changed my mindset about my finances. And God said, that's not where you are. What you want, you are bigger than that. Of course, it was a stretch of faith for me, but it moved me. Right? Prayer gives you vision. Can I just rise upon that faith? I'm done. Oh, praise God. You know, it's so important. Because, especially in this part of the world, you can become complacent with your life. You know why? You're looking at food. 
Kind of the basic amenities of life. But there's much more to our lives than eating and drinking. There's what you call impact. There's what you call affecting lives. There's what you call God's vision for you. There's what you call God's plans for you. And I want us to just talk to God in the next one minute or so. And let the Lord paint visions, you know, visions of his will for you. And if you have, you know, as we pray, God will be changing your vision, I'm telling you, before the end of this year. I hear that in my spirit. Some of us have small visions. <laughs> small visions, small visions of several things. The Lord will change our visions about life. Come on, let's talk to God. Our Father, our God, we yield to your spirit, O oh God, to paint the right vision for our lives. And for some of us here, the things that, some of the things that God has told you before that you've left, you've left them and you said, look, maybe I can't achieve this. The Lord is bringing back those visions to you. He's bringing them back to you. Now, when God grants you a vision, He's not asking you to achieve it in your own strength or ability. Rather, he wants you to step out in faith. He wants you to step out in faith, just like the of Israel. He said, see, I've given you the land. Go and take it. Go and take it. He needs you to step out. Yeah, there are giants in the land. There are giants in that career field. There are giants in that land of education. There are giants in that land of whatever it is. But the Lord says, see, have a vision first that you can take it, that is yours. Oh, glory to God, our Father. Oh, we declare our minds are renewed by your word and by the Spirit. By your word and by the Spirit. In the name of the Lord Jesus, our minds are renewed. The right vision for our lives in the name of Jesus. Our minds are renewed. Our minds are renewed. Oh, right vision. We can. We can. We can do it. Oh, the I can mentality is increasing in our spirits in the name of Jesus. Oh, the I can. The I can. That vision that God is showing you concerning that business, that company. Oh, that expansion is possible. It's possible, said the Spirit of God. And Father, in the name of Jesus, you are bringing us you are bringing us into the right relationships, the right environments, the right people that will, that will tell us, look, you are, too, you are too big for where you are. It's time to move forward. You are too big. You can't. You can't. You can't go five, six steps ahead in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. We give you praise, oh God, in Jesus' name. Amen. Our Father, our God, we thank you. We thank you because... You are our maker. Your word says in Jeremiah, before we are from the mother's womb, you knew us and you ordained us and you called us into different things. Lord, I ask, oh God, according to your plan, your, your, your divine plan for our lives, Lord, let there be fresh visions. In the name of the Lord Jesus, according to your divine plan and timing, Lord, let there be fresh visions. In our hearts and our minds, in the name of Jesus. Let our spirits capture them. In the name of Jesus. I ask, oh God, that our minds are renewed. Every vision that is not in line with your will, is not in line with your word, we ask that it's being erased right now. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Lord, I ask for the right people, the right association, the right environment. In the name of Jesus. That would help us see ourselves in, the li- in line with what we can really do. Oh, thank you, God. No, no, you know, there's, there's a word we normally use in the local palace. We call them local champions. Meaning you're just best amongst your, 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 your environment. Lord, you are taking us out of such environments and you are putting us in an environment where we are stretched, where we can see bigger and we can do better. We give you praise, oh God, in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. You can have your seats quickly.
almost done. And uh, just a few announcements. Okay, first of all, um, I'd like us to put our offerings together. Um, it's at kingswordvancouver at gmail.com. That's, those are our interact details. Praise God. The, the, the other thing I want to talk about is also, um, before this, um, is that this is Kingsword Church. Um, we are part of a bigger ministry, uh, over 35 campuses across the world. Uh, this is one of it. And we are um, headquarters is in Chicago. The founder of the ministry is Dr. Kyle D. And uh, we are part of a bigger family. So always know that when you're in this church, they are always part of something bigger than, than this, right? We are, we're in Calgary, we're in Toronto, I guess in Canada for now, and all across 32 other venues around the world. So this is Kingsworth Ministry. All right, the next, the next thing I want to talk about is we have, um, for our offerings, we have a monthly hangout for our young upper mobile people, right? It's, uh, <clears throat> it's at Cloverdale. 17161 uh, 57th Avenue, Surrey. It's a hangout. One of the reasons we're having this meeting is for us to have a gathering outside church setting. Uh, no praise and worship, and no preaching, no pastor, right? People are free to talk and share and um, um, talk about their experiences. And we can have a community, right? We talked about association. Association is so important. I have a group of friends who've been friends for 20 years. Or we've been friends for 20 years. And we've been praying for 20 years. And every one of us that started with us, that stayed in that group, is doing remarkably well everywhere. Some of us are in the UK, some of us are in the US, and we still meet and try, right? We try to pray like once every month, 20 years after. Right, so association is so important, so so important, right? And we're trying to build that. One of the things I found out that in this part of the world, to have godly associations is um, is very scarce. And we're trying to build that for young people. So if you have friends, right, bring them in. So you're not the only one amongst them, right? Bring them to this meeting. We're going to have a great time. It's quite locked. There'll be food. There'll be drink, games, chats, and everything else. All right. Let's, let's prove our offerings and we can go coming right up from our feet. Any other announcement? Okay. Um, we want to have a meeting with them after the meeting. Okay, so there will be a meeting with Mr. Tyro after concerning the, the hangout. Praise God. All right, let's prove our offerings. Put the offering page So it's at Kingswood, Vancouver at um, gmail.com. So you don't have to wait till Sunday to give your offering. You can give during the week, praise God. I do that a lot. I do mine a lot during the week. Praise God, my title, whatever it is. Praise God. Hallelujah. I hope we learned something today in church. And uh, I pray that, uh, you know, that we'll make progress with it. All right. Let me take our confession as we go. All right. All right, say with me. Say, I declare that I am God's possession, fully paid for by the blood of Jesus. I am accepted in the beloved. I'm free from all condemnation by the law of the spirit of life in Christ. I have the blessing of Abraham walking in my life. So I declare I'm totally free from the curse and every evil in the name of Jesus. My life overflows in the power and the wisdom of Christ. I have the capacity to create and sustain the different aspects of my life. I'm enjoying unusual favor 
Come on, say it one more time. Say, my enjoying unusual favor because of the abundance of God's grace on my life. My natural weaknesses, limitations, and afflictions are my opportunities for my manifestation of God's grace on my life. I declare I'm whole, healthy, emotionally sound, and full of the joy of the Lord. I enjoy the ministry of angels regarding my protection, preservation, and provision. My household is blessed. Come on, say it one more time. Say, my household is blessed. I am satisfied with long life in the name of Jesus. Say with me, say, in the name of Jesus, everything Say it again. Say everything is happening at once. Everywhere I look, blessings upon blessings. I accelerate in this last quarter of the year. I catch up on wasted time. I accomplish much over a short period. I declare, I catch up with people ahead of me. I operate with God's speed in Jesus' name. Father, in the name of Jesus, I declare that we enjoy this week. We experience your favor this week. I declare divine protection, preservation over us, our loved ones, and everyone connected to us. I speak the peace of God in everyone, express any form of storm in the name of Jesus. I speak supernatural supply, everyone express any form of lack in the name of Jesus. I declare supernatural opportunities, everyone looking for something in the name of Jesus. You will find it. Thank you, Father, because our steps are ordered this week in the name of Jesus. This week we express a testimony. We give you praise, O oh God, in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you and have a great week. Thank you once again for joining us here at Kingswoods International Church. We hope you've been richly blessed by this teaching from Kingswoods International Church, British Columbia. Feel free to visit our website at kingswoodbritishcolumbia.com. That is kingswoodbritishcolumbia.com for more teachings. God bless you.